Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome to a new month. I know it kicked off a few days ago, but uh, first podcast in the month of March. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, we are blessed to say that uh, we had a pretty good month of February thanks to you sharing our podcasts on social media. It really does make a difference, even if you do it once every now and then. Um, it really does help, and it did help as we see an increase in uh, web traffic to our website and podcast downloads. So thank you, guys. God bless you. Um, today's a news and commentary day. So much going on. We will not even get to all the headlines we have in front of us here, but we will make an attempt to. Uh, Crash is in here with me, and we're going to open up in prayer. Um, Lord God, thank you for giving us a foundation that we can be secure on, and that is your word. Your word is truth. And we thank you for fixed moral absolutes. We thank you that you never change. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we thank you that you are an unshakable God in a very tumultuous world. And we ask that you give us wisdom today. And for those who may be discouraged or potentially overwhelmed by the headlines and all the news and what the craziness around us, uh, Lord, encourage their hearts today and, and help them cultivate a spiritual and eternal perspective. And Lord, uh, just give us wisdom today as we talk through these things and everything that's going on um, that we need to be aware of and help us know how to respond always in love as we speak the truth but never with compromise, Lord. Help us be without compromise and uh, just bold in sharing the good news that can save people. You are the only God who saves, and we honor you and exalt the name of Jesus this hour in your name. Amen. Well, let's start right with the headlines today. Uh, before I get into an anonymous letter that was emailed to me, um, very disturbing what's happening in some of our schools and I would say many of our schools, I will not say most of our schools yet, but uh, far too many. Before we get there, I just want to share a handful of headlines, because uh, that's what we do on this show, um, on the news and commentary show, where we're giving you our views from a biblical perspective on what's happening. Um, the f this is interesting. Twitter suspended a rapper. I never heard of him. Uh, I guess uh, he or she went by the name of Zuby. All he did was tweet to a male on Twitter who identified as female. He tweeted two words, okay, dude. That's all he tweeted, right? Twitter suspended him. Thought that was interesting. Also, um, Philadelphia, what's going on there? The first medically supervised drug injection site is opening. A nonprofit group in Philadelphia is planning to open the first medically supervised drug injection site. Um, I know they do maybe some of that in California, but I, I, is that, isn't that kind of like the mentality of giving kids drugs because people think they're going to take drugs anyway, so let's give them, uh, give them drugs at school. It's a safe place for them to take them. No, no. Anyway, different cities uh, come up with different policies to try to combat some of the problems they're having. Let's go over to Missouri. There's a bill in Missouri that would prohibit biologically uh, male student athletes from competing in female sports. Crash, one of these days, I'm going to write a blog and maybe uh, call it something like this. Headlines our great-grandparents would have never believed could be possible. So states are now fighting back. Missouri happens to be one that's prohibiting, wants to prohibit boys from competing in girls' sports. I don't know how much more else, what we can say about this. Just what are your thoughts? I mean, state by state now we're having to fight this. Well, even I'm not a big sports fan, you know, and so I I, um, I just know. But you believe in fairness <laughs> in <Yeah>, sports. <laughs> but, uh, gosh, sometimes I just feel so old. Like you said, grandparents, it's just like, 
what's going on here? And 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 my great my grandparents or great grandparents would think these headlines are jokes. They're that they, they, come on. They they would that's ridiculous. Aside from common sense and how we are created, male and I'm female. I'm glad the states are fighting back. Yes. I mean, yeah. uh, it's just. I know. Um, uh, exasperated. I know. What I, can you say? A um, couple more headlines before we get into our very um, heartbreaking story from uh, a teacher, a school teacher that reached out to me asking for advice uh, because of something happening in her school. A um, couple more headlines. Court rules that YouTube is not bound by the First Amendment, and they are free to censor Prager University. Prager U puts out um, educational videos. I mean, they're anywhere from three to six minutes, and uh, anything from uh, uh, why is socialism bad to uh, the, the life and to different things, free speech on college campuses. They put out all kinds of very good videos. Look up Prager U. In fact, they're, they're so good, I'll put a link in today's podcast notes. But now YouTube says, or the, or the court said, that YouTube can feel free to, to censor Prager U videos. Um, and they, they're not even, they're not harsh. They're not, quote, intolerant, as some might say others are. They're just putting out educational videos that are just not everything that the left believes, and they're being censored. Well, if someone wanted to come on and speak uh, uh, about our opposing views here at Q90FM, we're on Stand Up For The Truth, would we censor them? No. No, just profanity. But no, we, we would obviously have like to have those conversations because I think too many on the left and that might mean progressive, that might mean, mean liberal. They cannot defend so many of their views with facts. They, cannot, they only know the talking points. They'll put it out there and attack. Oh, you're bigoted because of dot, dot, dot. And we, all you have to do is say, what do you mean by that? Or, or how did you come to that conclusion? What do you believe that you know, brought you to that uh, criticism? Uh, they kind of go, well, you're just bigoted. You're hateful. They can't go beyond the talking points, the attacks, to defend their position. Anyway, moving on, CNN. Actually, this is it's like they're 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 turning among themselves. They're turning on each other. CNN received backlash now because they described a newborn infant as a fetus that was born. <laughs> so CNN is getting some flack because they're supposed to be pro-abortion, pro-choice, and you don't mention that a fetus is actually human and that it could be born into this world. So now the CNN's getting backlash for that. Anyway, one more. California bill. This I think you mentioned this. Uh, it would prohibit stores from separating children's toys so or clothes mm-hmm. by gender. In other words, no more boys' toys, no more girls' toys. No more boys' clothes, young boys' clothes, no more young girls' clothes. Just put it, throw them all together because of this gender madness. I'd pay the fine. It's only $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> The store, you mean if you were yeah, a store? Yeah, they got to have 500 or more employees, so it's a bigger store. Yep, yep. Well, it sure would be easier on the employees. Just put them all over there. Okay, one more, and that'll take us, it'll be a nice segue into this uh, topic we're going to get into um, from this letter I received. A couple emails, actually. A school survey in North Carolina. By the way, Crash, how old are sixth graders? How old are they? See, Patrick is in seventh. He's 12. Well, so, so 11, or 11 or 12, 11 or 12. 11, 11 years old. A school survey asks sixth graders if they are transgender, non-binary, or pansexual. A school, public school survey in North Carolina. And these are just the ones that the parents found out about. Okay, so to that point, what's going on across the country? This is a local story. In fact, we've been contacted locally. Um, actually, one more. i got to give you one more. This happened just in Wisconsin. An 18-year-old student was arrested for sexually assaulting a child in a school's bathroom. But you know why an 18-year-old was able to go in and sexually assault this child? Because of the school policy, the gender-neutral bathroom. This was in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. A, a student was arrested, this was just a few days ago, for fourth-degree sexual assault, child enticement, and exposing himself to a child inside the school's gender-neutral bathroom, according to the Oneida County Sheriff's Office. After the incident, 
the school closed the gender-neutral bathroom. Reports do not uh, name the victim or do not indicate the sex of the minor, but both available reports stressed that the crime occurred in a gender-neutral bathroom. Say it with me. Gender-neutral bathroom. Uh, One report indicated that the child was a girl. So a boy, a young man, 18-year-old, high school student, he goes into the bathroom, the same bathroom that a girl was using, a young minor, a girl, and he sexually assaulted her. And this has been happening in Target stores, in other stores uh, corporately around the country that have changed their policy because of the madness. And that brings me to our letter today, Crash. Anonymous, uh, this was emailed to me. Uh, hi, David. I'm employed. This is a listener to Stand Up For The Truth over in Michigan, just across the state line. Although I, we've read a few of these from teachers and parents in Wisconsin. I am employed by the public school here in my small town, and I recently have been put in a position where my job is being threatened, and I don't know what my rights are. My son is in seventh grade, and one of his classmates, a young girl, has recently decided she wants to be a boy. I was in the lunchroom with the seventh graders, and I went over to this girl's table to tell all the girls that they needed to settle down. I was told by one of the girls that I needed to address one of them by her boy name because she is a boy, to which I replied that her name was, and I'm, I'm just saying Julianne, that's what I inserted here, that her name was Julianne, that she was a girl. God made her a girl, and she will always be a girl. I was reported to the principal and guidance counselor. I was called into the office. Now, she's a teacher, right? Got a seventh, seventh grade son. She's a teacher. I was called into the office and was asked if I told that this girl that God made her a girl, and I replied that I did indeed say that because it's the truth. I was then told that if I do that again or if I don't address her with her new boy name or boy pronouns, that I will face serious consequences. I asked if the girl's name had been changed by her parents. It had not. In fact, her parents do not even know that she is a transgender or wants to be. Her parents don't know. The school counselor sent out an email to all teachers that they need to address this girl with her boy name and proper pronouns. The counselor did this without the parents' knowledge. As of today, this young girl's parents still do not know that the school is encouraging this dark path, but there's more. The school counselor started a gay straight alliance club, GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N, gay straight alliance club during school hours. It's for middle school and high school students together. Wow, what could go wrong, right, Crash? This was not approved by the school board. No letter was sent to parents alerting them about this new club. As bad as the club is, it's dangerous for them to have middle school kids with high school kids. That is sexual violence waiting to happen. So these major issues have come up within the last two weeks, and they are being enacted in secret. As of today, I went to the superintendent and one person on the school board asking why the counselor is being allowed to change the girl's name without her parents' knowledge and why she can start a club like this during school hours with 12-year-olds together with 18-year-olds. I was told they would get back to me. I don't know what my rights are concerning this. And by the way, we referred her to the Pacific Pacific Justice Justice Institute, Alliance Defending Freedom, and to Julaine Appling of Wisconsin Family Council. Um, uh, Asking, uh, where where was I? Um, Oh, I don't know what my rights are concerning this, but I am both a parent and a teacher. Um, Can they fire me if I don't call this girl by her boy name or boy pronouns? And then the answer to that would be, unfortunately, yes, they could suspend her if that's school policy. Can I, as an employee of the school, tell others what I know is being brought into the school? Yes, but there, you could face disciplinary actions from the school, depending on what the district's policy is. I do not want to lose my job, she says, but I also do not want to comply with this insanity. And I'm very alarmed that these things are happening without parents knowing. Thank you a sister in Christ, and she gave her name, but I'm not providing it here or where it is, but it is 
um, in Michigan. Oh, uh, P.S., uh, this happened so fast. It all began two weeks ago. I know the school board called a special meeting now because of me. So here's an update. The cat got out of the bag before they even had the policies in place. The counselor we have is new to our school this year, and she definitely came in with an LGBT agenda. She probably thought she could do whatever she wanted because that's the direction of culture, right? But God, she wrote, I believe he had me learn about this before they could cover their butts and make this new policy. I told my daughter-in-law, and she posted on Facebook about the meeting last Monday, and many people showed up to the meeting, including angry parents. The next meeting will have even more families. So, Crash, as a parent, we, as Christians, did not want to be fighting this battle. But we know the battle is the Lord's. However, in this culture, we are in the world but not of it. How can you encourage Christian parents in this situation when all this is happening in almost every school, practically? Well, um, you got a choice to make. There you go. You got to pray about it and you got a choice to make. I have a family member who's not a Christian. And several years ago, a very smart family member, and I suggested, uh, she told me she was going to pursue a teaching career, not a Christian. And I said, with your uh, knowledge in this field, you should become an engineer. We need engineers. They're all coming from overseas. No, who's going to teach engineers? Always wanted to be a teacher. She wrote me a couple of weeks ago, and she said, I think you were right. She wants to get out of the school system. Did she give a reason? Just things that she's having to see. And she's not a Christian. She's not a Christian. But she's seeing all this leftist, this the leftist is wrong. agendas. Yeah. You know, she got in to teach children how to learn feet, uh, math, rather. And it's not, it's not about the math. It's not about learning. It's about indoctrinating them. Hmm. And uh, so— In math class. And again, <laughs> again, it's, uh, we have a choice to make. And, and, and just like we do here at Q90FM and Center for the Truth, the things that we have to expose, um, you, that was really wise— to refer them to uh, Brad and uh, yeah, over at Pacific Justice Institute because uh, the Constitution, the laws are on, on our side. Yes, and so even if she does get suspended or, worst-case scenario, fired, she will have a case that she will probably win. The Lord will go with her. Yeah, yeah. And so please, by the way, right now, um, let's pray for her and for other teachers and for other parents that are in the midst of this should I say something? What should I say? How can I fight back? Lord God, um, we lift up this woman to you that's a teacher that's concerned about her own son being in the school that she's a teacher at, but she's well aware of this radical agenda, this sexual revolution that's going on, much of it without parents even, even knowing. Lord, please awaken your bride, the body of Christ, and Christian parents, Lord, please Give them wisdom should they pull their kids out of these dark schools. We know it's going on everywhere to different degrees, yes, but it is happening, Lord, and many parents find out too late. Lord, we pray that you protect our Christian children who are in these government-run schools. Protect them, Lord, and please, from this radical agenda, from even the, their peers, their friends, sometimes they, we know they do these things because they want attention, because their friends are doing it, and they think it's cool. But if carried to its logical end, oh, Lord, they're going to mess up the, their physical bodies to a place where it would be irreparable and where they will have much regret years down the road. So please, Lord, give parents wisdom. And for the few... Christian teachers that are in the schools that are actually standing up against this. Oh, Lord, give them strength and wisdom, and we pray for their protection. Ultimately, God, we pray that your will be done. We pray that you would give opportunities for Christian teachers and parents to speak truth into all that is false and speak light into the dar darkness. We love you. We thank you, Lord. This challenge is not uh, going uh, it's unnoticed by you. And so we pray that you'd strengthen your people in Jesus' name. Amen. We've got to take a break. So many more news headlines and stories we've got to get to uh, as soon as we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. 
Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Thank you so much for tuning in and this this news and commentary uh, podcast today about so many different headlines in the country and around the world. I know a lot of the focus that we have a theme and that is uh, the education of our children and what's at risk. And um, my goodness, there's so much, but this is this seems like so many headlines with different sti- states fighting some of these things. Um, let's just read some headlines and then continue with that story. There's another story about the um, the fight with the drag queen story hours. It's unbelievable, you guys. It's almost unbelievable. But uh, Sony is developing a new movie depicting Spider-Man as a bisexual who has a boyfriend. Sony Pictures. All right? Um, the Olympics. Just this past Saturday, the Olympics allowed a male runner who identifies as female to compete against women in uh, marathon trials down in Atlanta. This is happening. Um, NHS, the National Health Service in England, can now refuse to treat patients they deem as intolerant, homophobic, racist, or sexist. Did you hear that? The National Health Service, there's new rules now that allow staff members to make this decision to ban racist or sexist patients from non-emergency care. Emergency room, you got to treat everybody, right? But non-emergency care, staff can now refuse to treat someone if they happen to believe in marriage between a man and a woman and say so out loud or insult someone's new uh, preferred pronoun, the medical community can say, no, we're not going to treat you. This is amazing (laughs) to me. Um, Another one over here in um, a U.S. district judge back here in the States ruled that a college can force a Christian professor to use transgender pronouns for a student. That's over at uh, Shawnee State University. And now the story we want to, well, one of the stories, um, parents sue Wisconsin School District over a policy to use children's preferred pronouns. This was in Madison. We touched on it recently, but I just want to share some notes because that was my, my last week, um, my last week's article for Freedom Project that I do once a week. I'm a contributor there for Freedom Project Media. And I wrote on this because parents are very concerned and they're asking the question, whatever happened to parents' rights when it comes to children in their schools? And we've come to the conclusion now due to the research we, we've done and due to some of the, the uh, sources we've cited, it's becoming more frequent that parents, Christian parents or non, parents who disagree with this transgender ideology have no idea many times how much is already being accepted in the schools and how many teachers are okay encouraging kids during school hours to use preferred pronouns or maybe encouraging someone to receive hormone therapy or to go ahead and transition to the gender of their choice. Many times the parents don't know. This is amazing to me. Um, In California, for example, if you want to change your gender, you just, just have to be 12 years old. 12. And they're happy to help and not tell your the parents about that. Um, then I, I cited four things in Canada. Against her father's will, a court orders testosterone for a transgender girl. In Iowa, a bill requiring parental notification for sex ed is being attacked by the left as anti-LGBT. So if you notify parents, you're suddenly you know, anti-LGBT. Um, Back in California, uh, lawmakers killed a bill because they're Democrats there. They killed a bill, Democrat majority, that would protect parental rights on radical sex education for children as young as kindergarten. And uh, Tony Perkins of Family Research Council said, what's happening in Wisconsin schools, that we started off with that story, right, where kids can assume a completely different identity without parents knowing has gone on in California since 2013, Michigan since 2016, New Jersey since 2018. And he said, if, if it hasn't made it to your state, it's coming. So that story was out of Madison Metropolitan School District. Um, and that one of the sources is LifeSite News. Now, over to Tennessee. 
there's a bill that could ban drag queen story hours with parental oversight boards. So they're fighting this state by state now. Tennessee legislator introduced a bill that would establish a parent-led review board for each library that could ban this under the age-inappropriate sexual material reason. And so now we go to this story. Um, Where is this? Oh, I can't can't see where where this was at. Um, It'll probably get to it in the story, but there's... You've probably seen this video if you're on social media. There, there's a drag queen story hour of this man dressed up, you know, provocatively and doing this suggestive dance in front of this little girl who looks to be like seven, six. Um, it's a sick video. This man, man, adult male dancing suggestively. And here's the kicker. While adults clap and cheer. And there's a story over uh, Matt Walsh called attention to it, and activist Mommy did an article on it. Would you believe me if I told you an entire room full of adults simply clapped and cheered while a drag queen danced for a very young, very confused-looking little girl? Well, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't believe me, but this is 2020, and I've learned that there's nothing too sick and depraved for our society to embrace in the name of progress and inclusivity. Not only that, the folks responsible thought that decimating a little girl's innocence in such a vile way would make a great video to share on TikTok. Crash, do you know what TikTok is? Is that a new It's an app site or app? Yeah, it's, it's an, an app. app. It's a it's a platform app. Um very very dangerous app. I'm not real sure why adults use it, but I do know some people that use TikTok. Mm. So with that same argument, eh, there's you can use it for good or evil. All right, the uh, Daily a Caller. really strong one for uh, trafficking. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Uh, the Daily Caller confirmed that the drag queen in the video was from Canada. Um, and just this, we got, we guys, we know this is happening. And um, this story, uh, he said, the worst thing is the adults that were watching and enjoying it. So I don't know. I, I don't know what else. To say about this crash, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I was thinking uh, when Patrick was really young, we went to a circus. He got really scared of the clowns, and we left. Hmm. Right? And these, I mean, some of these he was, drag he was queens, a clown. Some of these guys. So look I was like just clowns. thinking, how many? If, if if a parent would have known about that, what what, what I could, as a parent, I would have just grabbed my child and ran out of there. But these are the these parents are bringing them to these events. And some of them do have a lot of makeup on and these funky hats or wigs. They're scary looking. Some of them are. Some of them are. It's demonic. What's the root of this, friends? The root is you remove the existence of God and abandon truth and anything goes. Because if you remove the existence of God, then there's no such thing as creation you throw out the Bible. There's no moral absolutes. No moral absolutes. So we're living in this time now where everybody's doing what is right in his or her own mind. That's in right the, the book of Judges, the last, um, I believe it's the last verse in the book of Judges. There was no king in Israel, so no one to declare justice or to legislate, um, and everyone did what was right. And this is what we're seeing now. Uh, so you remove God and creating them male and female, which is foundational to life and truth, and that this is the fact of our creation, biology backs this up, our DNA, science backs this up. I mean, I would venture to say common sense backs this up, but in our country today, that's why this is so demonic. It is so seductive, and it deceives people. It's like there's this veil, right, the veil preventing people from seeing the truth. So now, just this quick story on what happened last week in public schools, and this was, I don't know if this was nationwide, but you know there's a school calendar of the uh, LGBT events and days that they are celebrating. I think um, June is um, LGBTQ History Month. Well, last Thursday, it was Transgender Propaganda Day. Pro-LGBT activists and teachers read transgender books to children in some schools and libraries 
and they want to establish this as an annual event. One of the, uh, this is amazing, and the human rights campaign supports this, and their pals at the powerful NEA National Association National Education Association. Um, they're pushing this through the schools. One of the books they read, I Am Jazz, Jazz and Friends, National Day of School and Community Readings. Julian is a mermaid. I Am Jazz. They And this is some, uh, some of the books. They, here's another, this, I'm reading the title of a book. They, she, he, me. Free to be. They, she, he, me. So it's all about transgender. It's all about picking whatever you want to be, whatever sex you want to be. Julian is a mermaid. It's a young boy, fantasizes about dressing up as a woman. They, she, he, me, a much-needed picture book about pronouns and gender fluidity. I am Jazz, as you know, the, the um, actual person, the young boy. Jazz is a real, actual child that had a, a show on, I don't know, one of the TLC, one of those networks, uh, cable channels, a transgender propaganda book about her quote, transition, injected with hormones to block his uh, sexual development when he was very young. Um, he had surgery recently um, on his lower regions. Anyway, these things, guys, this, this was a, a national promotion last week. They want to make it an annual thing to read these transgender books, LGBTQ. Anyway, that we, we don't want to belabor the point. This is a warning. What, pray, we can no longer be shocked or surprised. Now we have to decide what to do. So pray about these things. Pray for parents and Christian teachers like we did earlier. We will continue to. Now it, uh, it continues getting a little, little dark and disturbing as we look at TikTok again made headlines twice in the last couple weeks. And there's a viral video of a girl laughing and joking while getting an abortion at Planned Parenthood, and this has sparked some outrage on TikTok. And it didn't show the graphic you know, parts of getting an abortion, but she was there on the table, evidently, at the clinic, and I just saw clips of it. And Live-action president Lila Rose tweeted the video and, and cited um, <laughs> many community guidelines it violated. So even TikTok, apparently has community guidelines, well, will they pull it down? Probably not, because that, they'll consider that free speech. But Dennis Prager, Prager University, putting out educational videos, that violates community standards as being intolerant. Does that make sense, Crash? No, but I, 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 I as, as a broadcaster, I kind of understand. I kind of understand. It's, it's their platform. It's YouTube's platform. Um, so I... I I, I hate to say it, but I understand what where they're coming from, and I can see why a judge would say that. Hey, it's their platform; they can censor who they want to yeah, censor they can, yeah. if they want to. Yeah, it's theirs. But it's interesting. Have you heard any stories of big tech companies, YouTube, uh, Facebook, you know, Google, censoring the left or Democrats or well, the LGBT? No, it's theirs. I haven't heard any yeah. censorship on that side or cable news or cable. Yeah, it's all the conservatives or Christians. It's all the biblical worldview that gets censored. So this is the double standard we're facing today, friends. Um, now on with the headlines. Let's see, did I already read that one? Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, China rated a church, a churches, plural, for, quote, illegal Bibles. And they're threatening to fine these churches for up to $1,400, $1,400 in China if government officials find illegal Bibles. What do you suppose that is? Bibles that don't say the government is God over there? Yeah, pre-authorized pre translations. Pre yes, the Chinese translation, the Chinese government, the communist translation. Now there's a communist Bible, right? Um, this is another disturbing thing, but, but the state of our politics in America. Democrats walked out of a House of Representatives meeting because a pastor prayed for the rights of the unborn and prayed to protect biblical marriage, uh, Democrats walked out. They were heckling him also. Were they? Yes, they okay. were. I didn't read that part. Wow. It, hmm. Now, if, if the tables were reversed and a progressive, you know, quote, Christian or Democrat was praying to, to, Allah. to the earth God or to Allah, 
and a Republican or conservative heckled or walked out, that wow. would be on CNN and MSNBC and all that. That would be top news and headline TikTok. news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next, a 16,000 member megachurch over in Singapore uh, has suspended gatherings due to coronavirus. I heard that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So churches are taking precautions over there. Next, Conservative Baptist Network launched, um, this is a new thing, conservative. <laughs> aren't the Baptists conservative? Now they're launching a network. It used to be calling it, yeah, well, that's why I guess the necessary, this is necessary. Conservative Baptist Network. It's a new thing that was launched amid the trend in the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, the woke trend, right? Emphasizing scripture and evangelism. So the Conservative Baptist Network. Is that CBN? Is I don't know if they can get away with that. What do you mean? Because you said Conservative Baptist Network? That's CBN. That's already taken. Well, they probably won't go by CBN then. Conservative Baptist Network. Yeah, it's amid growing concern that the nation's largest Protestant denomination is increasingly woke and drifting from biblical orthodoxy. A new network has formed to emphasize evangelism and the sufficiency of Scripture within the Southern Baptist Church. Those are some words nobody hardly knows. Biblical orthodoxy. Please look that up. Biblical orthodoxy. All right, um, so more headlines here. Navy, and we're going to take a break here. Navy chaplain accused of violating the Constitution. Why? For teaching an optional, keyword there, remember that, an optional 12-week seminar called Lead Like Jesus. Now, you think this, okay, in the military, wherever that might be, uh, to lead like Jesus. Jesus was a good leader. The point is he, he led 12 men to change the world. And you're going, well, well, there are some good leadership principles I can learn from Jesus. But then they say it's optional, so they shouldn't have had a problem with it. But then remember the first, the second word in the headline, Navy chaplain. What's the job of a chaplain? <laughs> so a Navy chaplain is accused of violating the Constitution for providing an optional 12-week seminar, Lead Like Jesus. Oh, my goodness, what guys. What constitution? Yeah. I mean. Okay. Oh, that's, um, it. I guess it shouldn't surprise us. I keep saying that. But anyway, we've got to take a break. More news and headlines coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Justin Bieber made the headlines recently. I don't know if you heard. By the way, let me say this before we talk about Justin Bieber. Remember, we did, I think, almost an entire podcast a couple months ago on Kanye West and his apparent um, enthusiasm for sharing the gospel and his uh, conversion to Jesus, being born again. Now, we don't know where he's at uh, and we can't we can't say unless we talk to someone who knows him. We can't obviously get a hold of him, but um, we do know some very good things. But be careful whenever a celebrity mentions God or being blessed like someone in Hollywood. That doesn't mean they're Christian, A, or B, it doesn't mean they're uh, born again, doesn't mean they're conservative, doesn't mean they believe the same things you might believe. Now, when it comes to people that are openly you know, sharing their faith, and you can see some fruit, now we have a little bit more to go on. You will know them by their fruits. I'm not saying either way here in the case of Justin Bieber, but he apparently praises the Lord as his new album is released. It's called Changes. Now, he's 25 years old, and um, one picture on there that he, let's see, in particular, that's being sent out, stood out from this barrage of promo material for Justin Bieber. It's an illustration that simply read, quote, Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that when I was lost, you found me. Thank you that you brought me from death to life. Thank you that once I was blind, but now I see. Thank you for giving, thank you for giving your life upon the cross so that I could have eternal life, true life on earth, and life abundantly. Justin Bieber. I thought you'd get a kick out of that because uh, we talk about artists and whether that be uh, musicians or actresses, actors, uh, people in the spotlight, even professional sports 
uh, athletes. These are role models, like it or not, role models for our kids. And it's nice when some of them come to know the Lord or seemingly they're following after God. So that's a very positive story. One more story back to a local school here, and this is like within 15 miles of us. Um, someone, uh, in, and I don't want to say what school, don't want to mention any names, but parents were complaining about the influx of LGBT uh, propaganda, and they had a rainbow poster in one of the teacher's classrooms. And they said, we are seeing a lot of this, but we're not seeing anything that would be considered uh, Christian or uh, that would represent our worldview. Um, and they were concerned for their kids at this school. I think it was at K through 12 school. Anyway, so someone from the school sent an email back, and that's what I've got in my hand, a copy of it. The small rainbow poster on the board in Mrs. Blank's room is intended to signal a safe space for students who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or questioning, or who live in families with parents or other family members who identify as LGBTQ. The school said, our goal is to find a way to support and meet the needs of our students who identify as LGBTQ without distraction to other students. We want to find a message that creates a sense of inclusion, there's that word again, and acceptance for all. But here's what they did. We discussed as a group about the meaning you had presented, and you were, uh, we were all in agreement to replace the small rainbow poster with a poster that includes words instead. What were the words? Diverse, inclusive, accepting, welcoming, safe space for everyone. And then the, the re representative of the teacher, the teacher uh, district, or the I'm not sure if it was superintendent, said, I think that's a message we can all rally behind. No, I don't think so, because you have redefined these words, diversity, inclusive, accepting, welcoming, safe space. These are redefined words. Anyway, the good news is they listened to the parents and they made a change. Um, it, still, there's some debate there, but at least they listened to the parents and they made a change. So I thought, I thought that was good. Now, uh, back to our story about TikTok. Um, Crash just handed me something that he recently noticed. And cr would you like to set this up, Crash, and explain what you saw? Because I guess uh, an adult posed as an 11-year-old yeah, to just, make a point it's about gone all child over trafficking. Facebook. I didn't watch it. I, I didn't want to watch it. Uh, I just I find those too disturbing. But uh, a mom, a 30-year-old, I think she's 37. 37, yeah. Yep. Uh, she did some tricks through um, the TikTok filtering and stuff like this, and she posted herself as 11-year-old and joined on TikTok and uh, immediately— For one week, it says. Yeah, immediately uh, started uh, seeing some very disturbing things. And so that's that's the setup. Okay, and now what happened was— um, Let's see. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to find something that, that goes along with what you were explaining to me. Uh, apparently, um, this site is used or has been used for adults seeking to... It's a um, heavy trafficking to site. ...to traffic young people, and this was an 11-year-old or... A, it, they're, they're, they're showing that, that TikTok uh, is grooming uh, young uh, children okay, for, for trafficking. She said throughout the experiment, and I guess she was on there for a week... Over 52 men reached out to an 11-year-old girl. Okay? Um, wow. This, this is, friends, parents, know what sites and what apps your kids are on. This is, a, we should not have to do this, but unfortunately we have to. Warning, warning, warning. What else can we say, Crash? Well, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes even with, uh, with our son, I've had to show him. You know, can, Dad, can I, can I, can I? I'm going, on. Oh, let me show you what's going on with these things. And uh, some of the local police departments are actually putting on seminars that you can go to to see what's going on online so parents can learn about what's going on and all the protections that's yeah. available out oh, there. Oh, Lord, Lord, please protect these kids. So I'm just read one thing before we go on to the next story. It says, at the beginning of the week, on the very first night, as Bailey, the 11-year-old, posing as 11-year-old, two new messages came in under a minute. After publishing the photo of an 11-year-old, we sat, mouths open, 
as the numbers pinged up on the screen. Two, three, seven. Fifteen messages from adult men over the course of two hours. Half of them could be charged with transfer of obscene content to a minor. An 11-year-old. Fifteen messages from adult men in two hours. This is something, guys, we've got to be very careful of. Very, very careful of. All right. Um, let's talk about pastors quickly, Crash. Um, we, there's an article came out talking about how pastors are ranking issues that are facing them today. And this is Barna, another research, uh, another survey. It says half of Protestant pastors note that, quote, reaching a younger audience is a major issue for their ministry, and it is a it seems to be a top three concern for their church. So here's the problem. I agree that we should try to share the gospel. We should try to reach. What does that mean, though? Re- how do you reach a younger audience? There's where it falls into the how. Mm-hmm. What and why are okay? What? We should absolutely share the gospel. We should disciple these kids. We should de- give them a solid foundation. Why? Because the Bible tells us so, and they need it when they grow up and get into this world. But how do we do it? That's when you start using worldly means, a lot of churches. Let's do something fun and goofy, entertainment alert in churches to bring kids in, and that's where we fall off. You're a pastor. Yes, sir. Doesn't the Bible tell us how? How what? How to reach the lost. Well, with the, with the gospel, share the gospel to the lost. Get yeah, out of the way. The commission. Yeah. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, "They say, how do you defend the gospel?" He says, "Is I get out of get its out way. Get out of its way. Yeah, the, truth the gospel to, doesn't. Uh, the gospel doesn't need defending. Yeah, you preach the gospel, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Um, so, how do you reach these kids? So, pastors are concerned. Half of pastors, according to Barna, also agree that declining or inconsistent outreach and evangelism is a big issue facing the local church. Yes. Yes. Because they're not, they're not equipped. We're trying to, well, we're, some of us, some churches are trying to equip those that come into our doors in our church every Sunday. And then what do we do during the week? Not just pastors now. Christians that are equipped, that know the gospel, that you know enough, all right, to share. You should be out sharing and trying to, you know, talk to these young kids. They need truth. God help them. They They have moral relativism. They have... The, the agenda of the left. They have everything else coming at them big time. They need the truth to set them free. Um, also, uh, more than one in three pastors, 36%, notice a decline in volunteering at their churches, which is interesting. So there's a decline in volunteers. So um, when Protestant pastors were asked by Barna to rate today's biggest issues facing the Christian church in America at large, um, Obstacles due to the secularization of society top the list. And so we can't deny the secularization of society. But these are the obstacles obstacles that are topping the list according to um, Protestant pastors and evangelicals. Number one, 72% said watered-down gospel teachings. So here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to reach the young generation, right? They need to be reached. They're more confused than ever. They're getting more misinformation than ever, and we're watering down the gospel. We're trying to lure them in by something fun and trendy. Watered down gospel teaching, 72% of pastors say that. Uh, Second is cultures shift to a secular age. 68% of pastors believe the culture is shifting or has shifted to a secular age. Number three, poor discipleship models. 63% 63% of pastors say we have poor discipleship models. Crash, how can we be effective at discipling when we've got churches of three and four and five and 10,000 people and you've got a small staff of a pastor or elders and associate pastors, a handful? How are you, how are you possibly able to disciple thousands, if not tens of thousands of people at a megachurch? It's all in the Bible. It shows you how to do it. Um, I had a a business sponsor tell me recently that uh, she really enjoys our Witness Wednesdays on on, uh, Wednesdays at 6 because she says, I'm learning how to share my faith. And I went, they're not teaching me that at church? 
Mm. I know. You know, so yeah. uh, equipping the saints yeah. for the work of ministry. That's what we are called to do as pastors and teachers. Equip the saints for the work of ministry. Ephesians chapter four. Um, another concern that pastors have, and they're they're trying to address the complex social issues with biblical integrity. Fifty eight percent are concerned about that. A lot of them aren't addressing it. Others are not addressing it with biblical integrity. We're talking about creation, talking about male and female, talking about marriage between one man and one woman. Um, prosperity gospel teachings, 56% are concerned about that. Reaching a younger audience. And then finally, political polarization in the country. That, to me, should have no influence on what we teach from the pulpit and what we're doing at church. Yes, we're divided. And we will always be divided. So anyway, these are some things. Uh, pastors, are rank, they rank issues according to what's uh, facing but them But the today. body's not taking responsibility. I mean, it's like what you, you said, it's not the pastors. I mean, th- you get, there's some responsibility there. Daily yes, there prayer, is. there's uh, yes, there Bible is. study, self-study, uh, putting your faith, put action to your faith, sharing your faith. Remember Pastor Jeff Solwald said when we had him on um, a time or two ago on Stand Up For The Truth, he's the pa- pastor of Calvary Chapel, Madison. He said he reads scripture an hour a day he reads every day for an hour and he said he got through the bible in four months awesome through the bible in four months how he reads an hour a day you want to be equipped you're not going to get it in an hour on sunday morning well in some churches maybe a 15 minute topical sermon 20 minute or maybe 30 minute if they're really pushing their congregation but anyway i don't want to well i I, I sure can't get mad at my pastor if I'm not doing anything. Yeah, we need to be equipped, friends, especially if you've been in the Lord for a number of years. As Paul says in Hebrews, or whoever wrote Hebrews, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, yeah, you know what I mean? There's a debate on whether Paul wrote it or not. Yeah. So he says, many of you should be teachers by now. You should move on from the milk of we the word Jude, yeah, to the meat. No. Yeah, many yeah. of you should be teachers by now. doesn't mean you have to preach on a Sunday. But you could lead a Bible study. You could disciple someone. You could definitely share the gospel. More on Stand Up For The Truth. We'll tell you about the guests uh, the rest of the week when we come back. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Tomorrow, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer will be with us. He's with Pass the Salt Ministries. He has a podcast and uh, great ministry. He is suing the NFL and Pepsi. And I think he tried to get a suit over to J-Lo for the uh, Super Bowl halftime sex show that uh, took place a couple weeks ago because there was no disclaimer about questionable material from mature audiences, no warning for families before the Super Bowl went on with their halftime show. So we'll talk with Coach Dave tomorrow. It ought to be an interesting conversation. Wednesday, Hillary Morgan Ferrer, Foray. Um, she's uh, apologetics and uh, talking about her to her about Mama Bear apologetics. John Haller, prophecy expert on Thursday, pro-life activist and speaker Heather Hobbs on Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for sharing our podcast. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.